shift happens. I can't! I can't! This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my brand new online course, Mindfulness for Anxiety, the ultimate anxiety program. If you're someone who suffers from anxiety, then I can tell you right now, you are not alone. In here at our center, we deal with people day in, day out, suffering from all types of addictions, from all types of mental illness, and the one common thread that we see in everyone at some level is this anxiety. So I've put together this online course with some of the best tools, the best healing methods we have here at the center to make it accessible to everyone and really start to tackle this problem. So for more information, please head on over to anxietycourse.online. That's anxietycourse.online and enter the coupon code SHIFT HAPPENS. That's all one word, SHIFT HAPPENS for 50% off the price of the course, which makes the course like... I think it's 40 bucks. So 40 bucks for a heap of on-demand video, 30 different lectures, a PDF syllabus to fill out and go through as you go in your own time, a bunch of meditations to download and much, much more. So guys, head on over and start to get on top of your anxiety today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Shift Happens. Today on the episode, I'm very, very excited to share with you, I had on Glenn Munso from the Youth U program. Now, to listeners of the podcast, you probably recognize the Youth U program from our episode with Bianca Hawkins, while Glenn is actually the creator of this program. And I had the privilege to travel out to his gym out in Hallam um, and spend a bit of time with him, had a bit of a chat when we recorded this podcast, and, and that gym is where he runs the program i'm out of and guys there's so much gold in this episode it's ridiculous um glenn was so open and raw and just shared his story and i mean the name of this podcast is shift happens right and this is just an incredible shift that, that his life has taken over the past five or so years so guys I'm not going to go into any more of the episode now. I want you guys to listen to it. Um, One of the main things that I took out of it is Glenn is just, he cares, man. He really cares about this industry, helping people with drug addiction and helping people turn their lives around. And that just comes through so clearly in the passion uh, and the way that he speaks. So guys, very, very excited to share this one with you. For all the show notes, everything we spoke about in the episodes and all the other episodes, uh, head on over to shpodcast.com.au. That's shpodcast.com.au. And without further ado, here is my awesome chat with an amazing guy, Mr. Glenn Munso. Welcome back to the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hassan, and I have the absolute privilege today not at being joined at my desk. We're actually at his desk today <laughs> out at his gym in Helen. We've got Glenn Munso. Glenn, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, man. Good. Thanks for having us. No, no, thanks for having me, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> we're, out, we're out here at uh, Glenn's gym out in Hallam. I've just had the tour, uh, an amazing space here, like awesome. What's the actual gym called? Uh, Central Health and Fitness. Essential Health and Fitness. Then you run your youth you program out of here as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we've got the gym and then we run the program. I love it, man. I love it. How long have you had the gym? Um, so we've been here in Hallam coming up to five years now. Yeah, wow. Five, yeah, five years. It's funny when you look back and you're like, fuck, five <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, no, I was about to say three. <laughs> yeah, five years. Had a so, couple. Yeah. So five years now. So um, yeah, it's been really good, man. So yeah. Um, 
And, and how long have you been running the Youth U program? Um, so the Youth U program, um, we're coming up to four years in April. So what are we now? November. Mm-hmm. So four years in April, um, we've been running the Youth U program. I love it, so man. I love it. So I'll get you to give people a bit of a rundown of what the Youth U program is and how it works. For the listeners of the podcast who've heard the episode with Bianca Hawkins, yeah. they'll have a bit of a rundown because yeah. um, she's part of this program and helps you with the, the running and that of it. So yeah, give us a bit of an idea of what Youth U is about. Yeah, man. So... Um, the youth youth program basically is, is everything that I, I needed. Um, it's a program that helps youth and young adults overcome, recover from drug addiction. Um, so we take like a whole holistic approach, half of the program, you know, we get the people in the gym, getting fit, getting healthy, um, teaching them, you know, the healthy, healthy lifestyle and the habits that come with that. Um, and then the other half is, you know, the mentoring. So focusing on the mindset, getting the mindset strong, um, and then just focusing on all areas of their life um, so that they can, you know, live a life without drugs. So really mm. just about building up their their whole lifestyle, really, because it's not just getting off drugs and that's it. Um, as you know yourself as well, it's about rebuilding your whole lifestyle, your whole, you know, everything. So yeah. we focus on that whole lifestyle approach. Um, and, yeah, then we go from there, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so important. And I know that we'll get into a bit... Um, with your books that you've written, but I know you've got a new one yeah. and, and that name, what's the name of it? Uh, I quit drugs now what? Exactly. Yeah, I quit yeah. drugs now what, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a common thing that we see. And I know I see it with so many people, how it's like people get clean yeah. and then for that, and we're all about purpose, right? Finding purpose for with sure. life. What direction do we want to move into now? What do I want to do with my life? Yeah. Uh, and people can run into a bit of trouble there in that when someone gets clean for the first three, four weeks, maybe even two or three months, their main purpose is being off drugs, right? And that's cool. There's a lot of energy in that, you know? You're walking around telling everyone, yeah, man, I'll be clean for 60 days, you know? (laughs) You're real real prideful about it. But that can't be your purpose forever. Yeah, yeah, No one's life purpose is just to stay off drugs, right? For sure, for sure. Like, that whole purposing is is really, really important. Like, I believe that's why people end up relapsing anyway. Like, the whole, you know, they get off drugs, get their life on track, and then it's like, okay, now what? Mm. And if, if you don't... I believe your purpose will always outweigh your drug addiction. So mm. if you have a strong enough purpose in your life, then why would you go down that self-destructive path anyway? Yeah. So it's really about, you know, building up that purpose and giving each individual, each person that you come across that whole purpose and passion for, for living again. Because once you have that purpose, you know, like like even me, like now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission, bro. Like yeah. why would I even go down that path? So yeah. that, that purpose is is massive. Yeah, I think the the bigger purpose we have, the more energy we get. And I think there's a sure. saying like, the greater your purpose, the more energy the universe will give you. Sure. And I know for me, like, I'm, I'm the same, you know, pretty driven with what I'm doing and everything, but even like daily purpose. So if, yeah. I, if there's a day where I get up and I haven't got much planned and much on, so that day doesn't have much of a purpose, yeah. I'm a bit sluggish. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. like, you know, today, like I knew I was coming in to record this podcast, I was fired up, even though it was humid as fucking Melbourne shit. last night and I slept oh. like shit, I got out of bed and I'm like, all right, let's fucking go, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you have that purpose and it doesn't have to be, so I tell people like, you can work out the lifelong purpose, but even yeah. just getting a few minor purposes For along the sure. way, whether that's a daily, a weekly, a monthly thing is, yeah, is so, yeah, so yeah. important. Yeah, like the the purpose, like, yeah, just setting your daily intentions or your daily purpose or whatever it is, is, is massive because it's, you know, routine. Routine is important and mm. keeping yourself on, you know, on, on track and, you know, set for those daily tasks is, is essential. So Of course, man. And so with the Youth U program, what's sort of the main 
uh, maybe age group or the, is it all types of addictions that you see so, as well coming through? Yeah, all types of, of, of addiction. Um, I guess like we do get a lot of people, you know, come through that, you know, struggling with ice addiction, you know, that's that's pretty massive at the moment. Um, but it can be from like weed to synthetic, you know, um, mm. weed to pills, speed. Um, we've had people come through for anxiety, depression yep. um, as well. It's all intertwined, isn't it? Yeah, really. So, you know, at the end of the day anyway, it's really that internal work that needs to be addressed. Mm. Um you know, so the the drugs is you know I guess that 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 escape thing, but usually there's you know always there's those underlying issues or yeah. things that need to be addressed as well. So we do get people from all different backgrounds, um, and mainly you know we do say you know from eighteen to twenty eight and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Look, at the moment I'm working with someone one on one, you know, he's fifty five. Mm-hmm. Um, the youngest I've had on the program is thirteen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know I'll. I won't say no. <laughs> Drugs don't discriminate, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is that name of your first book? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the first one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 someone's, it's very surface level, the addiction. And people like to, I know friends and family members will start freaking out if they've got a friend who's got a drug issue and they yeah. think that's the main problem. Like the main problem mm. is that you're using ice or using heroin, whatever it is. But yeah. it's always this underlying stuff that needs to be addressed because that, that addiction is actually someone's solution. Yeah, it's pretty short term and temporary, and it doesn't work well yeah, in the long yeah, term. Yeah. But it's someone's solution to their issues. Yeah, definitely. You like you like you always when it comes to drug addiction, you always have to. It's internal work that's going to break you free. That's going to you know mm. get you on track and get you to where you need to be as well. Yeah, it's it's always the internal stuff because you know if if you're aligned to your values, you feel good, all that sort of stuff, and and you've really worked on on your internal self, then why would you? you know, self-destruct or, mm. you know, escape with, with drugs or whatever it is. So yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, as you know, anyway, like it's always internal work that needs to be Always, addressed. man. And so that's a lot of the stuff you touched on in the, like the mindset sessions that yeah, you have man. here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, when we have the mindset sessions as well, you know, like I don't really go when the guys come in and stuff like that, I don't really go around lecturing people and telling them, you know, how much are you smoking? How much drugs are you selling? Like, why the fuck are you doing this? And <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Because at the end of the day, that's their reality. That's their pain. They feel that. They live that. They yeah. breathe that. And it's, you know, it's shit. And, you know, I've been there. Um, you've been there. And the last thing you want is someone lecturing you on that lifestyle. So yeah. it's more about, you know, I guess shifting them Cause you um, know. in a good headspace. Like, you know, oh, yeah, right? of course. And, yeah. and it's a defense mechanism. Like, you'll get you know, the parents or brother and sister go, oh, but they're doing all this and they just don't care. Yeah. But deep down, they fucking care. Of they're course r- they care. riddled with guilt and shame. Yeah, and yeah. if it comes off externally that they don't care, mm. that's just a wall that they've put up because they're hurting so much always, inside. Always, Like, you know, like I, it's funny because I have people do that when they come in here and I'm like, well, I didn't fucking drag you here. So why are you here? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it is like, it's people put on that front that wall um, that they don't care mm-hmm. um, when really deep down inside, I believe, you know, they're hurting, they're, they're in so much pain yeah. um, that their self-destructing and their self-worth is just, you know, like diminishing. Like diminishing. Yeah, it's going. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, really important to, I guess, address, address those issues anyway. So Yeah, so you're in those mindset sessions really trying to get to that pain and find out where that's coming from? Yeah, like... Do, doing that sometimes I believe sometimes you've got to be a little bit careful as well as to how much pain you sort of bring out in that person because um, mm. there needs to be like an aftercare as well so you've got to be really really careful build up that trust as well so you know it's it's really just showing them that they are more than that label that or that 
you know, that lifestyle, whatever it is, um, and then showing them, giving them hope, inspiring them, motivation, all that sort of stuff. Look, we'll, like we'll touch on some of the things, some of the pain and stuff like that, but I believe this is based off my intuition as well, man. Like, yeah. you know, the people that come in, you know, how you approach it with certain different people, um, you know, because at the end of the day, you obviously got to build up that rapport, build up that trust as mm -hmm. well, um, because you're not just going to, you know, just laid out all on the table to someone yeah. you barely know. So building up that trust, um, getting that self-worth in, showing them that they are worth it, um, and then just inspiring them. You know, sometimes people might come in at the start with the mindset stuff and they're just like, well, I'm not open to it. No, I'm not open to it. Mm -hmm. well, I'm like, well, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. You, you know, like you're, you're obviously here for a reason. Um, and then just starting there from there. Um, if they're still more closed off, then just use, use myself in the, as an example – um, and then I could just sort of go on a, you know, like we do different styles of coaching in, in the mindset. It's not just like week one, week two, week, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, sometimes it could just be me like for an hour, just be like, you know, you're fucking worth more. You're this, you're that, you're that. Yep. Or what I've learned throughout that week. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next week it could just be tasks, like finding out, you know, who they are as a person, all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. But like we do a lot of value work as well because mm -hmm. I believe, you know, anyone – Doing drugs doesn't align to anyone's values. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to understand as well. So no matter who you are, um, doing drugs doesn't align to your values. So no. it's really getting people aligned to their true core values as a person. Yeah. And then just starting from there. Yeah. How do, how do you maybe try and find those values and address those values in people? So like... So, so with people, I just go, obviously, like, you know, what's the top five things that you value as a person? What do you like? All that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if they don't know what that is, I'm like, well, what do you like in your best friend? Or what do you like in mm -hmm. your mum? Like, what is it about that person that you like? And it might be, oh, I like that they're, you know, they're really loyal to their family. I like that they're hardworking. I like that they're, yeah. um, I don't know. But it's those traits that are in them that they're seeing. I think yeah. that's such a powerful tool. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know... I, there's some work by Dr. John Martini who talks a lot about values and a lot of him's about exactly that. He's yeah. like, what What do you see in other people that inspires you? Because that's just a part of you that you're not owning. Because sure. if there's a trait in someone else, like it is that loyalty or you see greatness or you see beauty, then you have it in you. Otherwise, yeah, you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, now it's just sure. about finding that in you and owning it. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, it's just bringing it out of, out of them anyway and just, just showing them that, yeah, like we've done some stuff and, you know, like, you know, with the lifestyle and the bullshit that comes with the drama of mm -hmm. drugs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we've done stuff that, that we're not proud of, but that doesn't make us a bad person. Mm. So, you know, sometimes, you know, they might be like, well, I don't obviously value my family because I steal from them and I lie to them and I put them through so much pain. Mm -hmm. um, when, when really, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, people using drugs, they're on drugs, all that. We're still people. We're still good yeah. people. So they obviously do value it to to an extent it's just are their actions matching up to mm. their values as well so you know that whole alignment you know are their thoughts matching up to their values are their actions lining up to their values is the environment yep. matching up to their values do the people in their life match up to their values mm. so bringing that all in and then just going from there as well so that's why we create the space here at the gym um to make sure because i know um, it will, it does align to their values as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that whole whole thing and, you know, the value of health. Yeah. You know, um, showing them the importance of that, the outlet environment, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the holistic health, the physical, yeah, the man. mental, the emotional, yeah, yeah, the spiritual, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. All like, facets. Yeah, and like that's, that's, what, like, that's what's important. I think, you know, because at the end of the day, 
Um, you know, like I was telling you, the second book, it's like, you know, you, you quit drugs and then now what? And then sometimes you get an overwhelm with emotions and you're like, fuck, like, what do I do? Mm. Well, like, what do I do? Who am I? I don't even know what to do anymore. Um, and sometimes that leads to more pain. And yep. then, then what do you do? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that. It's You're either in a cycle down or up, I reckon. And yeah. that starts that cycle down. And it's so important what you said about smashing the label and just mm. seeing that what you're it's just a label that you're a drug addict or that kind of thing yeah. or you're a bad person and then having someone realize that they're not a bad person yeah they're just in pain at the minute and they're trying to find a solution to that pain yeah. if you, i think as soon as you get someone to realize that, that they're not a bad person and that a drug addict isn't who they are i reckon that starts that spiral up yeah yeah, yeah so I, sure. I had something looking back on my journey like uh, at the time when I was going through everything, I was pr- pretty brutal on myself. I'm like, I'm a fucking drug addict. This is yeah. where I am, blah, blah, blah. But I always had this weird, and not weird, but I always had this belief. I'm like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of this. It looks pretty gloomy at the minute. Yeah. But this is just a chapter in my book. Yeah. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how I'm going to end this chapter. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this chapter. Yeah. But I just had this belief that it was a chapter and there was something else on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, people tend to think, this period of their life they're going through is their whole book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like there's always there's always a next chapter. Um, you know, like I, I always say it as well, like don't let your, your past kill your future, you know, like, mm. you know, like there's always, man, like the, the life that I was living like, what, 10 years ago to now yeah. is just, well, let's go into that because when you so so uh, you bro, <laughs> it's different. It's different. <laughs> like a past life, right? <laughs> yeah. So you started this gym five years ago, and so you were just taking some clients and stuff in here, some PT. Oh, so when, when those so when those clients would ask you, "Hey, what were you doing before this?" <laughs> what would you say? Um, I don't even look. I don't even remember what I. I just be like, "Oh, nothing." I was like, you know, just studying and stuff like that. <laughs> But the funny thing is once um, when I used to do boot camp, this guy's like, oh, um, I can't remember his name. Now. He's like, um, this guy works with me and he's, and he's like, oh, is Glenn Monto your trainer? He's like, bro, like he's, he's a dealer, isn't he? <laughs> and I was just like, I can't. Like, Cats out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, nah, man, not me. Different Glenn Monto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's not that many. There's no, there's no other Glenn Monto. So. <laughs> but um. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, so that was your past, right? <laughs> like you were you were you were deep into the scene, you know. Yeah, and man. we had a brief chat the other day and there was running with the law, there was, you know, dealing and drug use and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got was it was there a maybe give us a brief rundown of that and maybe lead us up to maybe if there was one or two just real low points for you, like when you were able to make a shift. Yeah, man. So like for me, I guess <clears throat> it got really, really dark. It got really, really bad for me. Um, you know, I was angry, I was depressed, I was really, really anxious. You know, at one stage, you know, I was, I was 112 kilos, so I was very, very overweight, um, using a lot of drugs, didn't didn't care what was given to me, I was just smashing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I got to a point where I was so cocky, so cocky, and just thought, like, only dumb people, you know, like, if you got caught by the cops, you, like, you're dumb. If you went to jail, you're dumb, mm-hmm. you know, and because every time that we got you know, searched by the cops or whatever. I was just like, yeah, they'll, they'll never find it, whatever, whatever. And then so um, I had an altercation um, where I got caught with drugs, um, mobile phones, money. And then, you know, throughout the altercation, I assaulted a police officer. So mm-hmm. through that, I got maced, my hand got broken, wow. um, you know, and I, and I got into this massive argument. I will fight. Um, 
you know, and then I remember just sitting in the back of the divvy van, just, you know, all bruised and, you know, I don't know if you've been maced before, but, you know, my eyes no. stinging like shit and my hand just, you know, and I was just thinking like, like how, like, fuck, where the fuck am I? And how yeah, did I yeah. even get here? Like, I was so like, like what? Like what? Do, like what just happened? Literally, there was probably about seven cops. It was like, could be even ten. Like there was probably about four divvy vans. Um, there was ambulance. There was a lot of cops around. You know, and and when that happened, I just thought like, fuck. Like what the hell just fucking happened? And yeah. you know, I just went on a rampage. And I guess you know, I sold this police officer. Um, and I guess it was just like, fuck, like, I can't be living this life anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like, did your, as well as what had just happened, did also, when you're in the back of that divvy van, a lot of like, you thought you're over your life as a whole in that moment mm. and thought, well, what, what just happened? Like, how did I end up? Yeah, here? man. Like, it was, yeah, it was almost just like, I just got placed in the back of a divvy van, maced and broke, like, you know, and I'm just like, where the fuck am you I? Came like, what just it? happened? Yeah. 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 So that, that, for me, that was really like, I guess just a smack in the face, like wake the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> um, and then I was just- mace in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened from that point? So like from there, um, I remember, you know, when I got home that night, so I was there all night, you know, mm-hmm. interviews, all that sort of stuff. So I remember I got home that night um, and I remember just having a, have a shower and like I snuck in home, like I was with my dad, I snuck in the house because um, I didn't want him to see me all bruised up and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I remember just tossing and turning like that whole night. I was trying to sleep, like I closed my eyes and my eyes were just watering. Like there's no way I was closing my eyes. I turned to my left hand side, my hand was just fucking killing because it was it was fractured. Then I turned to the right and I and I was all bruised and I was just like, like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember just staring at the ceiling, just going, what the fuck just happened? Like, what am I doing? I need to, I need to get my shit together. Like, I can't be living this lifestyle anymore. I hated everything around me. I hated the reflection that I saw in the mirror. Um, I hated all the things that I'd done through that lifestyle, selling drugs and, you know, it's that massive ego and mm. all the bullshit that comes with that. Of course. Um so it was just really, really dark and just a massive reflection of myself. Um, I'd put put everyone through so much pain that everyone was too scared to even say anything to me. And I was just like, shit, like I need to change and get my shit together or this is only going to go worse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an all or nothing person and, you know, if, if I keep doing this, then like fuck, like. It's it's it's, it's, it's jail or death. Yeah, like no, if you, I think if sure. you, you you come to a realization and I had the same thing as well. I'm like, you see all these people around you while they're getting arrested, going to jail, mm. passing away, and you're yeah. like, no, no, I'm different. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not me, not me. I'm too clever for <laughs> yeah, that. Right? Yeah. Next thing you know, you're in jail. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. So now that you have that realization, that I oh, hang on, I'm just the same. If I keep going down this path, I'm going to end up in one of those two situations. Yeah, man. Like that was massive for me. Like I always used to be like, even selling drugs. Like I'm not that bad. I'm not a junkie. I'm not a scumbag. Like I'm not like this. I'm not like that. Like always, you know, yeah. thinking that I was like different. Like you know, I wouldn't get caught or I didn't use as much as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you know, like 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 you just said, like. You know, then I am human, and yeah. you know I'm not bulletproof. So, but, uh, I mean, it's such like you said, it's such an ego game because oh, for sure, 
deep down your soul it knows what you're doing isn't right and it's yeah. wrong and you're in pain but the ego needs to cling on to whatever it can to make us feel superior yeah man. so we'll find it's like oh well i'm not as bad as that person yeah 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 for sure like you know and and even just like with that altercation with police officers and stuff like that like around certain people they'd be like oh bro that's fucked like oh yeah you hit the cop like that's mad like mm. you know there's it was almost glorified to one extent yeah and you know there's there's nothing like that's shit. No. <laughs> like when you look at it like now, like that's, that's, that's there's nothing to be happy or excited mm-hmm. or, you know, um, about that as well. So that whole, the whole thing is a massive ego thing and, you know, ego definitely needs to drop if you, you know, want to get the help and get your life on track. hundred percent. And um, so what happened from this point? Um, so this was, this was like on that night I got out on bail mm-hmm. um, and my bail conditions were, I was banned. So I wasn't allowed in Mulgrave. So I grew up and lived in Mulgrave. So Mulgrave meaning like, I don't know if you, if you know, but like mm-hmm. uh, Springvale Road, Police Road, Wellington Road. Um, so that whole like yep. block, mm-hmm. um, I was banned from there. So at the time, my dad was in Willis Hill mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, like, well, that's all right. Um, you just, you're <laughs> yeah, just outside Because I'm area. like, yeah, we used to live there. So I'm like, all right for now. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so I, I was like, fuck, I, I need to change my life. So those, those were the bail conditions and, and court was later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know, that night I was like, I need to change my life. Everyone was like, you know, Glenn, like change your life. The right people were like, change your life. Yep, yep. The other people were like, well, fuck that. Like, just keep doing your thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, cops are scumbags and dogs and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was almost like, oh, look what happened to Glenn. Like, whoa, what yeah. a badass and all that. But So who'd you listen to out of those two camps? <laughs> Myself, really. Yeah. <laughs> Deep down okay. inside. Yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, just like I guess family members as well, like, you know, saying, you know, you, you need to get your life on track. And I knew that anyway. You know, I, I definitely knew that I had to because, you know, what I was doing, like I knew deep down inside that was shit and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I had to – like I was lost really really lost i didn't even recognize a person in the mirror i didn't even know who i was anymore i couldn't even remember the last time that i was happy or even like truly smiled Mm -hmm. so when this whole thing about finding and rediscovering who i was as a person um you know and and i do this with the guys in the program as well like it's like finding like finding your roots going back Mm -hmm. to your roots yeah so for me it was the only memory i remember having of being happy was as a kid, I used to do little athletics. I was, you know, like crazy into my fitness and sprints and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like I get to a um, stage where I just only collect like gold medals. And you know, like, say so if I got like silver, bronze, I was like, nah, you can have that back. <laughs> we don't accept those here. Yeah. I was like, nah, not, not for me. <laughs> um, yeah, which is funny now they're looking at me anyway. Um, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no one remembers second or third. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I remember like that's what I used to love doing. So I was looking at courses and stuff like that and I was like, I came across personal training. So I was like, man, I'm 112 kilos. I use a lot of drugs. I suck, like, I've, like, I'm not the person that I was before, mm-hmm. but I knew deep down inside I used to love doing this sort of stuff. So I just thought, you know what? At first, because I knew court was coming up, all that sort of stuff, and I had to change. And I knew deep down, so I want to, you know, get my life on track. So I thought, all right, let, let, like, let's just try the personal training um, mm-hmm. course. So I, I remember that came up, and you know, the first day, um, here I am, 112 kilos, so very, very, very overweight. Yeah. I walk into a gym, just like full of like fit, 
healthy people. I remember like one of the people like, oh, like, are you lost? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> so that's not what you want to hear when you're self-conscious. I, know, you do a gym. I was just like, it took me so much to even get out of the car. Like, <laughs> so it's rubbing salt <laughs> into the wound. So you know, I I, I signed up to that. Yeah. And but it opened up a lot for me that day as well because I remember like the first day I was like these people are all right and I would actually hang around with them but because of my lifestyle and like no shit like I didn't know one person that wasn't using drugs so mm-hmm. I didn't know one person that was clean yep. I only hung around with drug dealers and drug users and for years I literally didn't know one person that was not using drugs or wasn't in that scene mm-hmm. so w- when I went when I stepped into that classroom. It was literally like I came from a different planet or different. Yeah. Like, and I remember just like just being like, whoa, like it was just so different. Yes. And I was yeah. like, oh, these people like, like they were right. Yeah. And they don't use drugs. Yeah. And so that was really, really, I guess, I guess weird for me. Like, you know, it, it opened up my mindset. Shifted up your up, perspective a bit. For yeah? sure, man. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I started, yeah, I started getting into my fitness, um, started training heaps. Um, you know, I started running and like, man, I was feeling fucking awesome, feeling yeah. really, really good. I'd lost like 20-something kilos. Um, you know, I was feeling myself again, feeling strong, um, no longer on drugs. And I was just like, yeah, I've got all the answers. Like, you know, <laughs> life is the bomb. Like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, ego, right? <laughs> I was about to say, that sounds like ego yeah. creeping back in. Yeah. Look how much I got my shit together. <laughs> yeah. You guys are bad. Change your life. Come on. <laughs> But um, it, it was, you know, it got to that stage. Anyway, so it was like six months, like, you know, it was probably about four months into the course. Uh, you know, I was feeling good, doing good. You know, everyone was really proud of me. Everyone's proud. Whoa, look, look at Glenn, look how much weight he's lost. He's got his life on track. Oh, my God. You know, all that sort of stuff. Even mum, like, oh, you know, God answered my prayers and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Um, and then my dad moved out of um, Willis Hill. Yep. And he got a house back in Mulgrave. So I was still out on bail and, mm. and I was just like, oh shit, like what am I going to do? Um, so I went to go live with my mum in Hampton Park. And so I would, you know, when I moved there, obviously like, you know, mum was like calling me every two seconds. Where are you? What time will we be home? All this sort of <laughs> stuff. So, you know, it was, you know, I had like curfews and stuff like that. Um, because she was like really stressed. Like I put yeah, her through so much pain anyway. So, you know, she's just very, very worried. Um, anyway, so I, I used to drive about 45 minutes to my TAFE course and, and, and do all that. So again, you know, still focused, still doing my thing, um, getting my life on track. Um, and then my court case came up. Mm-hmm. So my court case came up um, for the charges. So I had like affray charges, assault charges, reckless cause injury mm-hmm. charges, drug trafficking, drug use. And so this was all put into the one case. So this is the first time that I've ever, you know, been to court before. Yep. So I remember that morning, like, you know, I'm, I'm getting all ready. I put my suit on and stuff like that. And, and my mum's like, oh, like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, mum, I'm going for a job interview. <laughs> and um, and I'm, she's like, oh, cool. Like, where? And I said, I'm going like a gym. And yeah. I was like dressed up in a suit yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she had, like, she had no clue. <laughs> she was so happy at the moment. She she didn't, yeah. you know, like, you know. Um, so here I was, you know, dressed up in a suit saying I'm going for this job interview. And then, you know, I left. So I, I went to meet my lawyer at the Daniel Magistrates Court. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember just again, like I walked in there and I was just like, like "What is this place? Different like, world, right? Get me out of here!" Like mm-hmm. I was just like, "This is this is crazy." 
Anyway, I saw him and he's like, do you, do you have your character references? And, you know, like he grabbed it. And I was so proud of my character references. I tr- you know, I trained so hard. And Well, you've been doing the right thing. Yeah, these, man. What was it, four or five months or yeah, something? Yeah, I was about six months now. Six yeah. months, yeah. Yeah, d- been doing the right thing. And I was just like, you know, yeah, he's here, he's here. And I'm like, he's like, how you feeling? I'm like, I'm feeling awesome. Like, let's just get this out the way. Yeah. You know, like I just, you know, want to keep doing my PT and all that. You know, my personal training. So anyway, we, we walk into the courtroom. Never have been there before. Um, and and I remember, like when I when I first went in, I was looking for my seat. Um, the the judge, you know, all of a sudden I just heard bump bump, and um, the judge at the time was just like, "All right, I'm now sentencing you to five months imprisonment, three months to be served. Um, sorry, with two months to be served in the community." And this is why I'm looking for my seat, and I, and I look at the judge, and then like I see a full grown man there, like you know, mid forties, bawling his eyes out, crying and screaming. Shit. And I remember looking and just going, "Oh fuck! Look, this is this is serious." And and this guy was screaming and just you know, hot, like he he was looking after his dad at the time, so his dad was in a wheelchair, and mm-hmm. this guy was you know, obviously couldn't look after his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he was just screaming and crying, and and the cops were literally like dragging him out of the courtroom, and I was just like, "Shit! Like this is like, this is really really serious." Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, the judge called me up, so I I go up to the front. And, you know, all of a sudden I see the police officer that I assaulted. Um, and, you know, I, I remember at that stage they started reading out, you know, like what had happened that night. So, you know, they're like, oh, in January, you know, Mr. Munso was caught with two bags of drugs, mobile phones, money. Um, he's really, really violent. He assaulted a police officer. And no shit, man. Like I remember when I first heard this, I was just like, you're obviously talking about someone else. Mm. <laughs> like yep. it sounded so different. Like it didn't even sound like me. Well, you're in <laughs> such a different place. Like <laughs> so much had happened in those six months uh, and all of a sudden, yeah, that gets rid out and you've in your mind, you've moved on so much yeah. to a point and you're like, oh, I'm a cop. So let's get this over and done. We've got to go for dinner, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to hear that, I would have been really confronting. Yeah, man, like for sure. And I, I just remember just like just being shocked, like almost like, Obviously, like, they're talking about something like, like, is this my case? Like, did they call my name? Like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, like, that started being read out and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the, the judge was just, like, shaking her head and all that. And then, you know, she said, oh, Mr. Munzo, stand up. And I, like, you know, stood up. And she's like, these these offences are really, really serious. The, the fact that you're using drugs, you know, you're trafficking drugs, um, and you're really, really violent and you assaulted authority member, I take this very, very serious. You know, I was just like, okay. And then she said, you know, I'm sentencing you to six months imprisonment um, with five months to be served in the community. Never been to court before. Mm. I didn't even know what the hell that even meant. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, <laughs> smiling like, thanks. <laughs> That's not too bad. <laughs> um, you know, then all of a sudden she's like, dish, dish. And, you know, I just heard my, like, my lawyer like, oh. And I'm just like standing there like, you know. Like, what are you stressing about? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's all right, man. Six months, community work. Like, you know, yeah. I'll do that. That's all right. Like, yeah. you know. Um, then all of a sudden I turn to the left and there's two police officers there. And I'm, I'm like, you know, like right in my face. I'm like, whoa. And they're like, empty your pockets. And I was like, sorry? And they're like, empty your pockets. I'm like, what do you what do you mean? They're like, empty your pockets. I'm like, what for? You know, and they're like, empty your pockets. We've got to go. I'm like, go where? They're like, we've, we've got to go. So my little brother was there and I was... Just like I emptied my pockets, I gave it to him, and like we gotta go. So they took me out, 
um, out in front of everyone and then there's like a little foyer bit before it goes out into mm. the main bit. Yeah. And then they handcuffed me there and I was like, what the hell? What's what? going on? Yeah, yeah. like what, what are we handcuffed for? And then I remember walking out in the foyer area, like crazy busy, so many people in there and it was just like dead silence. Yeah. So here I was getting you know, escorted by two police officers on each side, handcuffed, and everyone was looking at me. And I remember just looking down, just thinking like, like what? Like what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, you know, what's what's going on? And you know, when I was walking through there, I felt like so embarrassed, so ashamed, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I felt like shit. You know, I I didn't even look up. I was just looking straight down. Yeah. So anyway, I, they took me for the back, and you know, they strip search me. Then they, you know, they take your tie off, and you know, yeah. like your shoes and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. They, you know, jewelry and whatever, and put in a big ziploc bag thing. Um, and then they took me out the back. In, in the holding cells at the, at the court, and yeah. I'm like, what's what's going on? what's going on? Like, I'm like, uh, what like what's going on? And the guy's like, you you going to jail, mate? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you going to jail? <laughs> anyway, so they took me for the cell, and it was like probably f- there was four cells, and I remember when the door opened, and I'm just seeing this, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, where am I? Yeah. Um, and there was like in the first cell, there's like two people just walking up and down, like in the space of like what six meters, not mm-hmm. even. Yeah probably smaller and um i'm just like what like what the hell is this what place? just happened like, what the fuck anyway so they put me in my cell and the door shuts boom and i remember just thinking like what the fuck do, like what do i tell my mum? yeah like she thinks mom job interview's <laughs> gone a bit longer yeah. than expected yeah. <laughs> i'm like she will have a heart attack and she'll probably come down and kick my ass <laughs> I'm like, what, like, what, like, I was so confused. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. I was like, this was on a Wednesday and I was like, I've got school tomorrow. I told <laughs> mum I've got like, you know, like, what the hell is going on? So anyway, I'm like sitting in the cells like for ages and all of a sudden here like banging and screaming and then all the cops running down the hallway and I'm just like, where am I? And I, and I was just, at the time I was just really, really, I guess, numb. Mm-hmm. And just staring and just like confused, like still trying to take it all yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, so much to process. Oh, so much considering like what, like an hour ago, I was like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> like, you know, I've got my assessment tomorrow at school. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I just wasn't even. It was the just, whole world turned upside down. <laughs> yeah, like again, um, you know, so an hour or so passed again and then. A police officer came, like I was, like he came up and he's like, "Oh, do you want to speak to your lawyer?" And I was like, "Oh, I can speak to him." And they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh, all right, yeah, yes, please." Again, <laughs> you're I, like, "I'm not used to this game. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know the rules." Yeah, I had no idea. Like when the and even when the cop said like you're going to prison, I was like, "Fuck, am I going to jail for six months?" Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea yeah, what was even going yeah. on. All I heard was six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, cause I heard, you know, to be served in the community, I thought it was like, it's community work. I didn't yeah. know that I actually got a jail sentence. Yeah. Um, so the sentence was for a one month jail yeah, and then so, the, the rest of the six yeah, months yeah. to be served in the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like one month. So it'd be one month. So all up six months. Yeah. So one month jail and then yeah. five months to be served in the community. So mm-hmm. when you get out, you, you yeah. Know, yeah, you're on so is that what the lawyer then explained to you? Like- yeah, so I went to see him. Um, so we went into into interview room. So they took me out and they went into interview room. You know, glass like wall, little speaker in the thing. And he was on his side, as my side, and he's like, "How you feeling, mate?" And I was like, <laughs> "How am I feeling?" Are you, like, are, I'm like, are, are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, well, like, 
what just happened? He's like, look, we've got some options for you. I'm like, get me out of here. And he's like, we've got some options. He's like, um, we can apply for bail. But if we apply for bail, we'll be going to the county courts. Mm -hmm. And if we go to the county courts, you could be looking at doing a three-month jail sentence instead. Mm-hmm. And he goes, or, um, or just do your one month now. And, you know, like tomorrow morning or tonight, I think tomorrow morning, um, they'll take you straight to the prison. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you need to get me out right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I've put my mom through so much stress. Like literally, like if I called her and said, I'm going to jail – She'd probably have a heart attack right there. Mm-hmm. Like she, I'd, I'd put my family through so much shit and stress, yeah. like you know, and I just couldn't. I just didn't have it in me to, to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and he goes, "It's all right. We'll, we'll apply for the bail and we'll see how we go." So then that finished, and then you know they took me back to my cell, um, and I remember just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'd seen, a, like while I was waiting, like a lady was handcuffed. And then all of a sudden, so like in a hallway and at the end was like a door. And I remember when, when she walked past mine, I was like, where's she going? Like, you know, like what's that door? And anyway, so the people that were walking, when I was telling you just before, like they come to the window and they're like, oh, good luck, good luck, good luck to that lady. And I was like, what the fuck, like, good luck, good luck. Like what's there to be good luck about? Anyway, so when once that opened, you know, I, realized, I was like, oh, like, you know, that must obviously be the bail and stuff yeah, like that. Yep. So, you know, it gave me a bit of understanding. Anyway, this lady came out and she was crying, yeah. like bawling her eyes out. So, and so everyone she was got just, to know. Yeah, and yeah. everyone was just crying. So I was just really nervous because I was like, okay, you're up after that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, I hope I get it. Anyway, so they, they took me, they took him back in. But this time I was back in the courtroom but on the side because it came straight from the cell. So I was on the side and I had like police officer on each side again. They took me out. And the judge said, look, I can look, I, I can grant you the bail, um, but you've got 30 days. So if you change your mind in 30 days, just come back here, um, hand yourself in and yeah. do your, you know, one month prison sentence. Mm-hmm. And then she also explained to me that, you know, that if we go, if she gives me the, power, uh, the appeal and the 30 days is up, um, you know, I'm going to go to the county courts. And she was like, you know, I really want to just explain to you that the county courts are very, very serious um, and you could be looking at doing a three-month jail sentence. Mm-hmm. And I just said, okay, like, I'll, you know, I want, want to do the bail. Yeah. So anyway, so I got granted the bail and, you know, I had to fill out all the paperwork and they, you know, gave me my tie, my shoes and all that sort of stuff back. Yeah. Um, and I remember just like walking out in that foyer area and I was like dead. I was like, where is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> So I'd been sitting there all day and I was just yeah. like, I, like, I couldn't even do that for like six hours or whatever it is. I'm like, how yeah. the hell am I going to do one month yeah, or like yeah. three months? Um, so did you go home from there and your yeah. mum said, when? <laughs> How's the interview? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like actually, I actually went back. So when I got home, mum was running down the driveway at my car and at first I'm like, fuck, she found out. How did she find <laughs> out? She's going to kick my ass. But she was like, did you get the job interview? Get the job interview. And I was like, nah, I didn't get Not the job exactly. interview. <laughs> nah, didn't get the job interview. Um, didn't go quite how I expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So I guess that um, was like one of one of many turning points as well. Mm. Um, and so m- moving forward, you went to the county court and you were able to- Yeah, so I went to the uh, county court. jail time. Yeah, so that was like July- uh, June, July. So I went to the county courts in December. Mm-hmm. So I continued on with my course. And, um, you know, like I guess that night 
um, when I, when I got sentenced, yeah, I had like I, I wanted to throw the towel in, like, mm. like I was done, like I wanted to relapse, I was, yeah, I was over yeah. it. So um, I didn't, and I kept continuing with my course. So I went to the county courts, and um, I got sentenced to an eighteen month ICO, so eighteen month intensive corrections order, yep. um, where I had to, you know, where you got to like sign in twice a week um, at Dandenong um, Corrections. I community work twice a week and then I had like a program that I had to do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that was drug and alcohol counselling, anger management, um, and then I also got put into a cog skills program as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, yeah, I did – it was 18 months on an order, which was really, really long. Really, really tested my mindset. Mm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I got put into that Cog Skills program. So they interviewed the whole of Dan on Corrections. And, stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, so I remember my pro- like corrections officer, she's like, nah, like, it'll be all right. Like, this program is only for, like, really, really serious offenders. And, yep. you know, like, you, like you'll be fine. So that was the program? Cog Skills? Yeah, yeah Cog Skills. So yeah, okay. Cognitive yeah, yeah, Behaviour yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so there was two psychologists and they – I think it went for like a good week. They were interviewing everyone, everyone that, that was on an order. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe like two weeks later, like I got a letter in the mail and I was like, what's this? And I opened it I was like, you've been accepted. I'm like, accepted? <laughs> accepted <laughs> in what? And then um, – and I was like – what the hell? Like I've been accepted into this, into this. It's like a congratulations <laughs> yeah, letter. Yeah, exactly. You're the worst of the worst. Yeah, you've been accepted. yeah in Danning on Corrections <laughs> of all places. And I was like, 10 people out of whole Dan on Corrections and I got chosen. Like surely my stuff wasn't that bad. Like yeah. really, like it's Danning on Corrections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so. And what was that like, that uh, course? It, oh man, like here I was at the time, I would have, being 22 mm-hmm. um stepped into that it started at 10 30 so i remember the first time we, like i stepped into it they're like oh we're gonna start at 10 30 because nine of the participants and obviously i was the 10th one um had just come back from the methadone program mm-hmm. and i was like what the hell is that <laughs> so i stepped in the room and literally people were like on the nod yeah, just falling, like literally just mm-hmm. almost falling off their chair, like asleep. And I walked in the room, I'm like, hey, how are you? And, and the psychologist like, turned around, I was like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, you know, take a seat. Yeah. And it was really, really interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I learned a lot, I guess. You know, I've, I've always been like an observer kind of person, okay. just take it all in and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember just looking around, just thinking like, fuck, look, I'm obviously the youngest here by like at least 20 years. Yep. Um, and these guys are like, pretty full on mm-hmm. like really really serious charges been in and out of jail their whole life but i was like what can i learn from this mm. and what did you learn um i learned a lot like you know I, I think sometimes we put this label on people you know um criminal drug addict you know oh he's been to jail and all that sort of stuff but then the day you pull away all those labels these people were just like me and you man yeah like mm-hmm. you know, we we all feel the same. We all have the same emotions, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, it's not judging a book by its cover. Yeah. Right? Once you actually get to know someone even a little bit, yeah, you realize we've all got the same struggles. Yeah, and man, going on. for sure. Like you know, they might have done some stuff, and you know that sort of stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, it's all like masking that pain, and they've just been, you know, in that cycle or whatever. Mm. Um. So I, I, I learned a lot just observing and, you know, like, you know, and even then, you know, talk about it. You, know, you don't want to be in jail. Like, you know, 
I've been in and out of jail for like six times now. I've, I've been in and out for four times. And I'm like, fuck, look at that guy. Like he's 40, he's 45. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these are the guys like I've been in and out of jail since 20. And I'm like, whoa, that's like close to my, you know? Yeah. So I learned a lot through that, I guess. Um, you know, just, just watching and learning and observing and, and talking to the people. And then I guess them having my back and just, yeah. you know, like they see a young guy in there and they're just also like, like oh, like, like what did this guy do? Yeah. Um, so what are you doing here? Young <laughs> yeah. Buck? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and they'd, and they'd, you know, like, I guess, um, tell me like this lifestyle is not for you. Like don't mm. fuck around. Like, you know, yep. like, you know, make sure you get your shit on sorted because this is real. Like, look at me. Yeah. You know? We don't want you to end up here. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you're having these conversations with people, you could see the pain in their eyes. Mm. Like, it was very, very evident as well. So I was just like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Um, but so, I, uh, yeah. And so through this period, you were still doing the finishing off your course and everything like that? Um. So, nah. So I started my order. So I finished my course in December. Mm-hmm. And my county court thing was like mid-December. Yep. So if I was going to go to jail, it would have been Christmas. Yeah, so I was okay. like, fuck, fuck. Like, I just want to get this out the way. Do we journey? Like, what do we do? Yep. And then that's when I started it like that, like in December, mm-hmm. um, which was, yeah, December 2008. Yep. Um, and then I finished the order 2010. Yeah, so, gotcha. Yeah. And were you doing work in that time while the order was on? Like, So I used to, like, I, I was doing like PT. So I'd like drive to people's houses, do a little bit of PT and then go, go do something. I did something every day yep. on this order, literally yeah, right. Monday to Friday, I had something every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was very, very, very consuming. And mm-hmm. to be able to like to do that for 18 months was so much. It was so hard to stay clean. It was so much, so mm-hmm. hard not to, you know, relapse or fall into that because environment wasn't good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I remember, you know, getting to stages I was pissed off as well. You know, mm-hmm. I got to stages, you know, I went to see a psychologist once and she's like, yeah, cool, based on your statistics, like you're the middle boy and, you know, your dad drinks. This is very common for people like you. And, mm. man, that upset me and pissed me off so much because I was like, you don't even know who I am. Yeah, don't label me. Do not, yeah. Mm. And I remember leaving there so upset, like, for a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again... That whole label was learnt from that, but it was, it was it was a really tough eighteen months just yeah. to, to to be on track. Eighteen months is ages, man. It's a long time, especially with those kind of restrictions. Yeah, like I was on an eighteen month order, but not restrictions like that. Yeah, like that's heavy, and and I know even just for me, like going through that whole court process, there was a lot of anger that came up because it's so hard because you've you've made so like from that first time you went to court you've yeah. made such a change in six months and you'd so moved on because all the all court and the society wants to see is is this person changing like what's yeah. changed here right yeah and you had changed yeah and this was the same with me as well yeah that you walk in there and they go back and just look at the basic information that yeah. happened six months ago mm. and and then judge you based on that yeah and it also comes down to what state of being the judge is in at the time which judge you have can make such True, a drastic man. impact on someone's sure. life I read this study. Um, I'm going to link it in the show notes because it's fucking fascinating. Yeah. I can't remember what country it was in, but they did this massive study where they spent like six months or even more going through the court system and found out every time someone was either let off on or paroled or sentenced further, something like that. But anyway, they, they did their stats. And what they yeah. found was the, the judges work in these blocks, whether they're two-hour blocks, you know, two-hour blocks and they have something to eat and a rest. Yeah. Two-hour blocks, something to eat and a yeah. rest. If you got... 
towards the second half or even the last third of that two-hour block, your chances of getting sentenced went up drastically. Like the, 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 the study, like the correlation, the graphs that you see, it, you can't argue mm. with it. So the more tired and hungry, and if you were on at the end of the day, yeah. you were pretty much fucked. No yeah. one got parole <laughs> towards the end of the day. So this judge is hungry and tired. Yeah, then like, naturally you're going to be like, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, well, it's true. Like Because at the end of the day, like, if that person um, – you know, like like you know, assault a police officer. So if that judge and their son is a police officer, mm. like you know, if they're like emotionally tied to it, yeah. So like you know, it's, yeah. it's and I'm sure like we're trained not to, but you yeah. can't, yeah, you can't <laughs> get yourself out of the way completely. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah just, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. But yeah, I had the same thing. I went to court and did all the right things, and I changed my life, and I'm doing all this stuff, and mm. I started a course in mental health and AOD, and yeah, you've got someone up there saying that. No, you made these stupid choices. You're an idiot and you deserve to be yeah. punished. It's like, fuck, man, you've got no idea. You've got yeah. no idea what it's like. Yeah. If he had someone like a loved one who'd been through addiction, sure. I'm sure he would look at things very, very yeah, differently. Yeah, man. Yeah, like that's so true. And like, you know, I, like I, I think people need to, you know, like that's that's why the awareness education, even what you guys are doing, man, like is so important because people need to understand that the reality of it as well. Like mm. we already know that it's shit. We already know, you know, and to have that thrown in your face, yeah. like, you know, is, is disheartening and hard at yeah. times as well. So Yeah. Yeah, there's a saying that people that overcome addiction are some of the strongest people on the planet. Mm. Yet that's not recognised. When someone does that and then walks into the court system and then gets labelled, like, you're an idiot, you made these stupid choices, you need yeah. to be punished, like, it, it, can, it can throw a lot of people back. Yeah. Like, I walked out of there angry and I'm like, Geez, if I was having a couple of other things in my life that weren't mm. working, and then that was the cherry on top of the cake, who knows what I would have gone yeah, done, you know? Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's not helping society as a whole, which is what the whole thing's about, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely, definitely. Like, yeah, to be honest, like I, I almost relapsed when I come out of that courtroom mm. as well. Brought up so much, mm. plus that anger, because I was like, I'm not that, I'm not that drug dealing drug addict, violent, aggressive person. Yeah. You, you know, I, I didn't even... Like I've done so much fucking internal <laughs> yeah. work to yeah. get past that yeah. and now you're just throwing it back in my face. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I, I think the education is really, really important. People need to understand that, you know, like we were saying before, like drugs do not discriminate. Like it could be your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister. You know, like we need to have compassion around that as well because yeah. people are people. Of course. Um, you know, and, and I think... And I think more people that have been through it in the industry helps a lot as well. Like oh, for I, sure. I went to, um, so I had to do programs as well as part of my corrections. And one of them was, I won't say where it's at, but so it was like a 10 week program. You'd go yeah. once a week and everything. And there was different facets of your life, but it was obviously mainly like drug counseling. And yeah. at this point I was literally opening up the rehab center. So, <laughs> but anyway, the lady in there is like asking me about drugs and everything. And, Oh, yeah, and she goes, oh, I needed to write out every single drug that I'd taken in my life, how much I would use when I used it and, <laughs> and when the last time I had it was. And I'm like, all right, get me a couple of pages. This isn't going to be enough. But I said, look, the issue is like I was a ice and GHB addict. That was my yeah. problem. And she goes, oh, GHB, how do I spell that? I'm like, capital G, capital H, capital B. Aren't you a drug cancellor? You know what GHB oh, yeah. is? <laughs> yeah, man, the, the, the lack of education is... Yeah, yeah. I, I had a bit of a chuckle at the time. <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm like, it's kind of a big thing here in Melbourne. Like, there's a lot of it around. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, I suggest you do a bit of research. <laughs> How do you spell GHB? So, <laughs> so um, let's fast forward. So back to say when you'd open the gym and everything and it was starting to 
and I suppose you were feeling the pull to help people who were struggling with addiction. Yeah. You know, I think you were saying the other day, it just started by you opening up a bit more and maybe writing a few blogs for people to yeah, read. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. So like, you know, um, when I was doing personal training, I was doing one-on-one and stuff like that. So I used to help a lot of people, you know, shift the weight and stuff like that. Um, but I used to do a lot of mindset stuff. I used to be like, there's more... Like, you know, I said, Tom, I didn't get to 100 kilo, 112 kilos because of food. Mm. There was more to it. You know, yeah. So I was always like really fascinated and stuff like that. And it you know, helped a lot of people, I guess you could say, like mindset coaching as well as a personal training. Yeah. And then they'd be like, you know, where do you get this information from? Like, you know, and I'd opened up to a few one on one clients. Yeah. And they were just like, whoa, like, whoa, like really just like blown away. And they're like, you need to start like, you know, no one's going to judge you, like open up. Like, yeah. you know. So those first few people that you opened up to, you got this massive response. Yeah, like, yeah, wow. yeah. And that obviously built a bit of confidence to be able to yeah, open de- up more. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then I just started like doing like little blogs mm-hmm. um, or Facebook posts, post, you know, stuff like, you know, I, I went for a run today and the importance of running is so much because it's helped me with this and that and that and that, yep. you know, I or I was 112 kilos but it had nothing to do with food. It was about the internal, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were relating to him like, well, this is really cool. So I started blogging a bit um, and then I was like, I need, like I need it. purpose. Yeah, I was yeah. saying, I was just like, I'm loving the PT. I'm loving what I'm doing but there's something missing. Like I feel like I could be doing more. Yeah. Um, and then, so I started, you know, like one person messaged me like, hey, my son's on drugs. What do you think of this and that and that? And I'd yep. be like, and she's like, but I keep doing this and we keep having him fights. And I'd be like, well, from from his perspective, when you're up in his face going, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Like that, you know, the way you're talking already to me on the phone or whatever is already giving me anxiety. Yeah, like, yep. you know, you need to slow. And everyone like, you know, I have people asking me questions, parents a lot. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you, like I just tried that technique that you said and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Like, thank you so much. So then, you know, hey, do you mind talking to my son on the phone? You know, it just started slowly like that. Yep. So I had like a few one-on-one clients um, and even one one-on-one lady like flew me to Queensland for the day to do like like a coaching thing with her son and we did a bit of boxing and all that yeah. and I was like this is mad like I, I need to keep doing more of this yeah. um, so I was thinking well I'm helping like three people how can I help more people mm-hmm. so I was like I need to you know I guess get my shit together yeah. it's not about me anymore <laughs> like you know I, like oh, I can't do this or this or you know I'm not qualified or I'm on X drug deal. like you know all these sort of like all the limiting beliefs oh so many yeah, so yeah. many um, and I was just like I need to do it like I'm just gonna I need to do it people yeah. are dying from drugs yeah you know through like what I went through what I'd seen like I didn't want any more people to, to yeah. go through that so you feel like that that need that you saw and that want of not wanting people to have to go through that, that was stronger or outweighed those own internal voices. Oh, mean? for sure. Yeah, like, for yeah. sure. Like, um, you know, I was, I was telling you, like, you know, I, I lost very, very close um, person to me uh, through ice and I was there that night when we had to turn off the machine so he was in life support. Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking around, you know, seeing my family, his parents, all that, just like, it's happening too much and I didn't want any more people to sort of go through what I went through that okay. night as well. So that made me like, you know, turn it up a notch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and is that where the program's kind of birthed from that point? Yeah. Well, I, like, I guess like that's when I started going a lot more 
group the group work and stuff yeah, like that yep. like you know so like in t- like when i say four years it's like you know started blogging then i did the one-on-one and then you know then we started doing very organically group. evolved didn't yeah, it yeah yeah because I, I just wanted more um, but the whole time there was something in you that had to come out yeah man yeah. like i just I think a lot of people feel like that and they don't know where to direct it yeah and i think it didn't sound like you forced it. Like obviously you kept taking action, taking mm-hmm. action, taking action, but you just kept looking at what was unfolding in your yeah. life and how you can expand on that. Yeah, man. And like, like you know, that's what I was saying before, like life back then to now, it's just it's just that those things, they just, they come in and they're evolving and they're just, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. Um, so I was just like, you know what? I, I need to, I need, there's people fucking dying now from ice right now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting here being too anxious and scared to do a little blog post or, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, when I know I could be helping and saving people's lives, like I knew it inside me, like I knew it. Mm-hmm. I was so certain of it. So um, so I started the program. I was like, well, what helped me so much? You know, doing like a lot of reflective work. What yeah. helped me? What was it that made me get to where I was? Mm-hmm. The gym was one side of it, having that outlet, um, having that routine and all that. And then the mindset was the other half of it, you know, the internal work, the, yeah. you know, the self-worth, all that sort of stuff. So I put it all into a program um at first it was 12 weeks and i was like nah there's more like i learned more it wasn't just 12 weeks for me so then we (laughs) went six months and then now we're at eight months yeah um and the program is like everything that i've learned um and even now it's everything that i'm still learning yeah like there's a continuous process always always and i'm sure like me as well you would learn so much from the people that you work with as well it's such a two-way thing oh yeah like for sure like you know, like even people are like, but what do you study? What are you qualified in? I'm like, I have like case studies that come, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I have yeah. people that come through that have got clean through my program, ones that, that maybe had a hiccup and we had to change this to get them back on track. Yep. So you're always learning. I'm like, I live and breathe and I'm surrounded by this daily yeah. to learn and know a lot yeah. about the subject and the situation right now. Um, but, you know, and, and even talking to people like yourself as well, like, you know, meeting people like that, um, people that, you know, that inspiring and leading and doing all that sort of stuff. You like, you look at people and you're like, okay, so how, like, how and why are they doing so good? You know, you look, well, they got more purpose in their life. They didn't mm. just settle, they got purpose, they're mm. giving back, they're like, you know, all that. Like, yeah. so, you know, like I said, I'm an observer. So I'm, I'm looking at, like, yeah. I just observe, like, take it all in. Um, because so. you've got that purpose of helping everyone, it's like, you're taking this information in so it can come through you to benefit those people. Yeah, so yeah. you're all you're always kind of switched on to that. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, what does the future hold for you, mate? Oh, heaps. Big, <laughs> big question, right? <laughs> so much. Um, look, so much, man. Like you know, obviously, just finishing that second book. So now. your first book is Drugs Don't Discriminate. Yeah, yeah. so Drugs Don't Discriminate. Um, if you give us like a brief rundown. Yeah, so like that. that one, I go through my five fundamentals on how to overcome recover from drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, those five fundamentals were I used on myself. Yeah. Um, so the five are we got going back to your roots. So yeah. how to find yourself, um, you know, if you're lost and, you know, using drugs, how to rediscover your passion for life again. Yeah. Um, then we got the the mindset. So strengthening up the mindset, exercising that daily because that's what's going to make you move and change. Yep. Um, number three is exercise and training. Uh, which is more about respecting your body. Mm. Um, so it's not like meal plan, meal prep, all that crazy stuff, but more about self-worth. Yep. 
Um, number four is giving back and sharing your story. So give back to community, share your story. So important. Um, that contribution. Yeah. And then number five is being you and doing you, like truly connecting to who you truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So that's the five fundamentals. Um, and yeah, that's just been crazy this year, man. Like talks at schools and just, you know, giving them out. So it's a program as well. So there's a program in it. Yep. Um, so people can read my story, but also do the exercises as to, you know, I did this when this happened and this is why you should, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had massive feedback, you know, people people give it to their loved ones in prison and, you know, they've got clean and people in rehabs have contacted me and said they've got clean through that, kids at schools, all that awareness. Awareness is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, man, so... That's that's that, and then now the next one I guess is that um, I quit drugs now. What? Yeah. Which is identity. That next stage, mm. which I thought was really important, because it's something that I that I've been thinking about for ages. But something I realized more when I was touring and doing all the talks and stuff like that. Um, the whole thing that I was telling you with the whole identity thing. Yep. Um, people holding on to that drug addict label, mm-hmm. whether they're on drugs or not. Mm-hmm. Um, adding that purpose so that you're not going back down that path. So. That one's a yeah different nice, one. Nice man. When's the expected release for that one? Um, on the twenty seventh of Jan. So well, soon. Yeah, man. So well, yeah. As you saw, that's that's the edit got back the edit yeah. copy. So yeah, twenty seventh of Jan um, is the launch, the launch party that we're having in Berwick. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I love it, man. It's an inspiring story, mate. Yeah, thank well, you. Let's let's move on to the question round now. Yeah, yeah, so a bit for of sure. a rapid fire question round. Yep. Um. So let's start off with. If you look back at your life, what do you think is maybe the main negative emotion or main negative thought pattern that's probably held you back the most? Um, I guess that whole, well, I, I guess in terms of emotion, I guess anger, anxiety, that whole thought pat- like pattern of like not being good enough, mm-hmm. um, that held me back. But once I guess I guess I focused a lot on, on, on my, my anger, my anxiety and all those sort of things as well. I learned how to I guess like harness that energy into good things as mm. well. Um, and then I guess, you know, like we all go through like we're, we're human, like we all go through stages where we might have a little bit of self worth. You know, like we might question ourselves. Of course. Um, but it only makes us stronger anyway. You know, it's like what it's like what do you do with those feelings? It's like that next step. So. Yeah. Can I still take action yeah. in spite of that voice or those emotions yeah yeah up. for yeah. sure and you know we all go through it so yeah, yeah. oh man it's um we're like an onion you know we've got all these layers and the, sure. the worst thing you can think is oh i've dealt with that thing like, that's never gonna rear <laughs> yeah. its head again yeah. exactly and we just keep coming <laughs> up a few months later up. you're like i remember <laughs> you that's self-worth demon <laughs> let's yep. talk yep that's it that's it so uh okay when it comes to your self-development or personal development is there something that you're focusing on at the minute in your life some area you might be trying to improve um just i guess always just like I'm always improving, like, you know, looking to improve myself as a person, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that, you know, like, I guess a lot that comes up now is, you know, the more tasks that you you, you take on, the more responsibility, all that sort of stuff Mm. is just, I guess, still being true to yourself, still, you know, I guess, building up the foundations that got me to where I am now and still, I guess, adjusting and making sure that that all fits in with my life now yeah, yeah. as well. Um, Cause as life gets busy, it's like, 
you know, you need to keep still working on your mindset. You need to still keep having an outlet, whether yes. you're on drugs or not. And you still need to apply these foundations as well. Yeah. That's what got me to where I am. That's right so now. important. It's so important. Yeah. We have all these new shiny objects that come at us that we want to pull our attention. Yeah. And, but if we forget those foundations that got us there in the first place, yeah, man. the house of cards can start to tumble yeah. down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That probably so. leads on to the next question. So, what habits or routines do you have in your life at the minute that are best serving you? Um, heaps, man. So, You're I a guess. Habit man, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about habits. Yeah. Um, so, I guess going like running, going for my runs. I love my runs. I absolutely love my runs. It's my time for me. Yeah. How uh, often are you having them? So, probably about three, four times. So, I run about 30, 40 Ks a week. Mm-hmm. Um, the running, like it's it's the time that I'm connecting with myself. You know, I always like, you know, I always say it's like it's a time that I hear myself breathe. I, you know, it's like mm. that's what's important. So that outlet, yeah. um, you know, I do basketball, boxing, so training, respecting for myself. Um, journaling, do a lot of journaling, okay. um, which is important, which is okay. just- Is there a certain time of the day you do that or it's sort of as you feel you need to? Like what's that practice look like um, for you? Even in the morning or at night. Or it could mm-hmm. be during the day really, I guess. I just, I just make sure I get it done. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really just about checking in with myself as well, making sure that I'm all cool, making sure, you know, that I'm aligned with my values and everything that's, yeah. you know, because if- Is there questions that you ask yourself or is it just trying to get your thoughts out on paper? Um, both. Um, get, get myself, like get uh, my thoughts out on paper. But Brain also, dump. Yeah, um, which is important. Like mm. we all need it. Uh, like, you know, as well, like being in this, like this field of helping people, you do need to have some sort of, I guess, like release as well because, you know, if we're just taking in all these, you know, stories and helping out and all that sort of stuff, we need to make time for ourselves. Yeah, You know, fill our cup up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just just checking in with myself and then those questions as well. Like, you know, if I'm not happy in certain areas or if I'm feeling a little bit off, like is everything in my life right now aligned to my values, you know, Mm. my thoughts, my actions, my environment, the people in my life? Is that still aligned to to yeah. what I want to do for my life? Yeah, you know, right. To who I truly. So am. you keep trying to come back to your center and just see if you're always, varying. And yeah, always grounding myself. Um, I think that's that's an important, really, really essential because sometimes you know you, you get busy and then you know something happens and then you could be a little little bit off center, mm-hmm. um, and it's just checking in with yourself because yeah. I know um, I am my best self when I'm centered. Yeah. Course. I think we all so, are, right? Yeah, but it's about yeah, knowing yeah, that exactly. center and how to reconnect. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So love it. Um, yeah, love it. Is there any book recommendations you have for the audience, or if not books, then maybe documentaries or movies um, that have maybe helped you on your journey? Um, this is this is gonna sound weird. Like I was telling you before, like I've never really read a full book. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I guess I like you know pick like that looks cool, and I'll you know. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know, but um, you've just written two instead. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, that, that, like that was funny. Like when I first wrote my first one, they're like, you know, when I went to book retreat, like you know how they have this in a book, and I'm like, uh, I've I've never like read like a full, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Any movies <laughs> or um, movies? Um. Or what about I this don't one? know. What about I, this I think one? more it's just just about like what inspires me and what's it's just like the people I mean yeah. I guess I don't know like it's is, is there someone in particular who either now or when you were growing up particularly inspired you um yeah like I like I, I guess you know there's there's heaps of people um I guess there's like there's a few like if I think of um you know like we were talking about before like Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. 
Um, he's like, you know, affirmation like king. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I don't know. It's that like whenever I get asked that question, it's just it's just like a weird one, I guess. I guess there there is there is always like certain people what they're doing and stuff like that, and I and I love what they're doing. That that's what inspires me. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know, in terms of movies, like, you know, I just like horror and action yeah. movies. <laughs> so there's nothing to really, like, you know, be inspired about. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess what inspires me is just, you know what, like, to be honest, what, like, fully inspires me is to meet people that are that are doing shit with their life mm. and that are making change. Yeah. Um, like, that's, that's, what I, that's what I like as yeah. well. So, yeah, that yeah. can help uh, use the reference of filling up. Uh, your cup yeah. before because yeah, yeah. I always say to people look, I was one of the people who would always back in the day try and give people from my cup but my cup was fucking empty yeah. and I'm, <laughs> and I'm giving <laughs> nothing but you're right it's good when you, when you get around people that are seem to be very on purpose and passionate about what they're doing mm. I think that does fill up your cup definitely, definitely. yeah man for sure I yeah. love it uh, and whereabouts we'll finish up by saying whereabouts people can find you um, uh, where's the best place to get in contact if they want to so on Facebook I got Got my Facebook page, so that's just yeah, Glenn Munso Youth U Program. Yep. Um, and then just yeah, youthuprogram.com uh, website. Easy, we'll link that all up in the show notes. Yeah, man. Awesome, cool. mate. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, nah, mate. This is a, a bloody awesome <laughs> chat, and and you know, like you mentioned in there, it's um creating that awareness and sharing these stories for that sure. are going to help break the stigma around these issues, so people can come forward and get help a lot sooner. Yeah, so man. For I sure. want to say thank you so much. Thank You've you. inspired me. I'm all fired up now. <laughs> Even with no sleep, I'm fired up. <laughs> no, nah, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Keep up the awesome work you guys are doing as well. Too man, easy. So. Thanks, bro. Nah, all thanks. right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. That's it for another episode of Shift Happens. I want to thank Glenn again for coming on and not just coming on, but being so open and raw and and sharing his story with such passion. And, you know, I feel so inspired after just having that chat with him and I hope that it's inspired you guys as well. I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in. It is said the greatest gift that one human being can give to another is the gift of their attention. So I want to thank you so much for that. For all the episodes, uh, all the show notes, everything we spoke about, head on over to shpodcast.com.au. That's S hpodcast.com.au and guys if you're loving the podcast it would really make my day I would appreciate it so much if you could rate review and subscribe over on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this it really does help support the podcast Um, and guys that's it for this week Um, I'll see you all in the next episode got some great guests lined up have a beautiful day have a beautiful week I love you all peace out shift shift Happens. I can't! I can't! I can't! What we do in life echoes in eternity. eternity.